So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to another episode of New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. Before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 Answer One or online at answerone.com, and that's answer the number one.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Perfectit. It's a legal-specific proofreading software that locates mistakes that neither spell check nor the most eagle-eyed lawyer can find. Try Perfectit free from intelligentediting.com and enter the term new solo for a discount code. Unbundled Attorney is a premium lead generation service that delivers exclusive leads directly into your inbox in real time. Looking to get more leads and grow your practice? Visit unbundledattorney.com today. I saved Clio for last because we happen to be, be recording this from the Clio Cloud Conference in New Orleans in September of 2017, so I want to make sure and thank them. They're a cloud-based practice management software that makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Make sure you try Clio for free at clio.com. All right, so now we've gotten past those um, little administrative details, and I hope everyone takes a few minutes to visit the websites for those sponsors because... They really offer some great services. I want to just sort of reiterate that I'm excited because we're at the Clio Cloud Conference 2017. It's the first year that they've brought it to New Orleans. They've been in Chicago, I think the first four or five years. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you may know that I spend a lot of time in New Orleans and I always want to do anything I can to have my friends in town. So my friends happen to be in town, many of them for Clio, so I've asked Liz McCausland, my dear friend, to come in and act as a co-host for me as we interview Andrew Legrand about some of his marketing techniques. So, before we bust in, I'm gonna ask Andrew to introduce himself first. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Adriana, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, so, I am a small business attorney here in New Orleans. Our practice is mostly uh, transactional, representing mom and pops, any kind of business, any kind of small thing here, helping them with everything from business formation and partnership agreements, uh, leases, real estate, IP, negotiations, dissolution, partnership divorces, that sort of thing. I've uh, been doing this for about six years, have two attorneys, a paralegal, virtual receptionist, bookkeeper, that sort of thing. We're a completely paperless and cloud-based firm built on Clio. And you are a regular guest, I would say, at this point on my podcast. Well, one, because we're good friends, but not just because we're good friends. I mean, not all my good friends get to be a guest. So you have to have something valuable to say. And you are what I would consider a highly tech-savvy lawyer. You like to figure things out and figure out how technology can really help you grow your business. So I asked you to come back and talk to us specifically about marketing because you've been, you do a lot of marketing and I get your newsletter that I really yep. love. So after it, Liz introduces herself, we are just gonna let you have it with our questions about how you, you know, have found and developed some new ways to market your firm. Hey Lizzie. Hi. Nice to have you back. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I always have fun with you on this. I know, it's fun. Tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a solo practitioner. I have my own firm in Orlando, Florida. I practice primarily bankruptcies and mediations. Um, my mediations are somewhat novel. I mediate in five different states, uh, mostly by telephone, and um, I enjoy doing that. 
and I'm also the president of the Orange County Bar Association right That's now. That's right. That's a great, good job. That's a great bar association. And I know it keeps you busy. So keeps I'm glad busy. you got to come to Clio and Thank spend you. some time with us. Me too. So I wanted to have Andrew back on because he really is, I, I would say, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing this, but a pretty innovative and cool young lawyer who misses no opportunity to grow your business and, and make it more successful. And wanted to just ask you about the latest and greatest in marketing that you've been doing and specifically with your newsletter, because I think a lot of lawyers don't think that a newsletter is going to be um, like, what would a law firm send out as a newsletter to clients, right? How do you make it interesting and compelling? I think you've done a really good job with yours because I receive it. And Liz, you have got to get on this newsletter list. I just asked, how am I not on this newsletter? Because well, and let's, before we do anything else, how do people get on your newsletter list, Andrew? Uh, so you can go to our website, nolasmallbizlaw.com. And at the top, there's a uh, link to sign up for the top five business killing mistakes. If you enter your email address there, you'll, you'll get our top five business killing mistakes. I guess if you're listening to this, you're probably a small firm lawyer. So you're running a business too. So hopefully those tips help you, but it also signing you up for the newsletter as well. Excellent. Awesome. All right. And so... Your newsletter is cool because, well, tell us the flow of the newsletter. So the idea of the newsletter is to really just establish a personal connection. You know, let them see a little bit, let the readers see a little bit about who I am, and then share some helpful information. So the first section, and what I've done is we've really done a good job in the past year of creating this as a process, is breaking it down and figuring out what my outline is and how I dictate that, and then how it goes to my assistant, and then how she inputs it into our software that sends it out. So all in all, it takes me usually about 10 to 15 minutes oh. worth of time to actually do this. And on her end of typing it up and making it look pretty and formatting it and putting together the calendar of events you mentioned, I think she takes about an hour and a half, two hours. So all in all, we're probably, the two of us combined about two hours into this once a month. And it's once a month, right? So go ahead, Liz. Is it all digital? Yeah, it's, it's all digital. Um, so the workflow is I get a, a reminder once a month in my task management software that says, hey, you need to provide some content for this. And here's the outline. So I use a little piece of software called Dictate and Connect that lets me dictate things. Uh, so I open that up. I will dictate based on the outline, kind of just go with the flow and look at the outline and, and go from there. And that gets sent off to a transcription company, to Rev. They'll transcribe it. It gets sent back to me. My assistant grabs it, and she'll drop it into our, we use Active Campaign for email marketing. So she'll drop it into there. So yeah, it's completely, I mean, this summer she was out of town for 60 days and living in Germany. So she did it from Germany a couple times this summer. That's you know, crazy. Yeah, totally digital. Uh, no, not paper yet. Email addresses are easier to get right than addresses and right. validating them. And it's just way cheaper too, right? There's well, you get to see the open rate, right? Mm -hmm. And see how successful certain newsletters are. And right, yeah. And the clicks too. Yeah. So uh, and let's just talk about that real quick because yeah. maybe there are lawyers who don't know what all that means. So Liz, what is open rate? Um, it's the amount of people, if I'm understanding it correctly, the yeah. amount of people that actually open the link to the newsletter. Right. So if you send out 100 email newsletters and 10 people actually click to open it, then that's your opener or to follow a link that opens it or whatever. But basically, I think it's the first level of engagement from receiving the newsletter, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's good to track and see what it is. Like I know this past month we opened it. Uh, after a few days, we usually look at it. I think we're at 29% which oh, was lower than our average, which oh. was our average is close to 35%, which I think is actually pretty I think high. That's high. That is high. That, yeah. that is high. Now, we don't have the marketing expert here, but I'm pretty sure that you'd normally I hear that if you're getting 30% open rate, you're in pretty good shape. That's what we're told at the Orange County Bar with our newsletter. Yeah. And then there's the click-through rate, which is another... Anyway, there's a bunch of measurements that you will want to be knowledgeable on and interested in if you get into newsletter marketing. So I wanted to 
go back and let's talk a little bit about your content, Andrew, because sure. I think you normally start with a, here's what's going on. Just a quick update on me, like super yeah. personal. Usually you went camping and... Yeah, I went camping. I think this summer I went camping into the Grand Canyon, so I talked a little bit about that. It might be about what's going on. We're in football season, so I'm sure this month I'll talk a little bit about right. the Saints. Uh, with the hurricanes last month, I am a, a University of Florida grad, so I have a lot of friends down in the That's Tampa. That's right, go Gators. Go Gators <laughs> in the Florida and Miami oh. area, so I was in touch with them. And obviously in New Orleans, we're always interested in hurricanes too. So the beginning is just like this personal connection of, of what's going on. Uh, and what's happening. And then there's the next section, I call it what's new with me and my own. It's a little bit more about maybe what's going on with my family or my staff, what they're doing, what's going on there. So less of a seasonal kind of thing and more of a what actually went on, what transpired. Okay. And then we go into, I think, the substantive tip of the month. And the substantive tip of the month, I just really glean from whatever I did that past month. Uh, so a lot of times it's, oh, I had three people contact me this month about I think one month was they paid their employees wrong and they got whacked by the State Department of Labor for the penalties and fines. So I said, hey, you know, double check that you're doing this right. Another month, there were a couple of insurance issues that came up. So I talked about that. And so there's no like really rhyme or reason for this. I just kind of think about just what a happened. a general business tip of some sort. Yeah. What happened over the past few weeks that was an issue that somebody came in that could have been prevented that we could have stuck in there. So that's the substantive tip of the month. The next thing is uh, the success of the month. Uh, which is, I guess, kind of a little bit of the opposite. We think about what a client did. Maybe a client signed a new location on a lease or that sort of thing. And do you ask your um, clients for permission to talk about them in your newsletter? Or do you talk about it very just, a client did this? I, we actually do it a couple of different ways. And, and this is where some different marketing efforts come in. Uh, sometimes it's the generic way, just a client did this. That was a lot of fun. We now have experience in doing one thing or another. Other times, another marketing kind of channel we have, we call it our client success spotlight. So we're just business. Uh, so once a month, we try to highlight uh, one of our clients and we highlight their businesses. So I'll send my assistant to their office. My assistant will get pictures. We'll do an interview with questions. And she writes up these really great stories. And a lot of my clients have been really forthcoming with like why they're entrepreneurs and how they started a business and how their business is doing and, and sharing a lot of information, knowing that it's all going to go into this blog post. Uh, and so that kind of becomes the client success is that she'll do that content. That becomes a blog post that goes out. It goes out on social media. Some of our clients are very savvy on social media and they've shared that on their I social was, media. I was going to say, that's a great way to get new people engaged and to give your clients some benefit of advertising kind of on a different platform. That's kind of the point is that, you know, the whole article is all about them. It's not about how we help them. It's about them and their business. So it, it's definitely like a, hey, let me... It, it's marketing for us, it's content for us, but it's definitely, hey, it's about you. It, you share this too, it's your story. Uh, and we're just basically being the journalist for it. Right. Uh, so it's kind of a, a bet, definitely a win-win scenario for that. Uh, we usually get a testimonial from them as part of that process too, and we use that on our website later on. Uh, but that's usually the, we had one client who's a, a food blogger, and she has like 100,000 followers on Facebook, and she shared it to her Facebook, and our page views that day were like through the roof high. Awesome, that's awesome. What a great idea. Yeah. He's brilliant, this kid. He is. He is. He is. And That's then why I go to everything two, he talks about. Two more of my favorite things that you do, which I wonder if you're so going to talk about the, them. The rest of the newsletter? Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that. I think, I don't know if there's another section in there. I there usually. Is. The calendar of events, I think, is what you're getting to. So we'll, we'll just and cut to that. And there's another thing you do, too, that's cool, and that's thank anyone who has referred you business. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. The, thank you for referrals. So we, we recently set up a system to track all that. 
uh, and keep an idea of where it came from. So, you know, if Liz sends me an email, say, hey, Andrew, I sent so-and-so to you, even if I never hear from so-and-so, you know, Liz will be mentioned in the newsletter. Uh, and we'll send her a thank you note and that sort of thing. And I think that actually, I, I, we have seen an increase in referrals. I think Isn't people, that interesting? I, yeah, I think people kind of want to be seen in the newsletter. They want to be like, I'm in there now. You know, yeah. I joined the list. I yeah. want to be in there. Well, yeah, exactly, right? And I'm like, when am I getting, uh, this is going to happen. And I'm, my <laughs> name's going to be in there. I'm going to refer Andrew some work. Well, and I'm curious, how do you track your referrals? Um, it's a pretty, it could be as simple as a spreadsheet, to mm -hmm. be honest. Just date and the name of the person who referred and the name of the potential client. Uh, we use Active Campaign as our it's our CRM. It does everything. So we figured out a way to kind of customize mm -hmm. it in there, basically by tracking. Hey, we created a new a new contact, the date they were referred to us, and then who referred them. Mm -hmm. So we're able to sort by that date that they were. Think of them as Clio custom fields almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just gonna well, say actually in Clio you could create a custom field that yeah. is referral source if they don't already have it, which they yeah. might. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing with with that they they don't. You could well you could do those create you a can custom do field. Custom. Yeah, it'd be pretty easy with Clio. Um, but you know, there's people who are who never come in, right. or who call and you figure out like I'm not the person you need to talk to. You think you need to talk to me, but what you really need to talk to is this type of lawyer. And so they never make it to your Clio. Well, but wait, they should though. And here's why, because every lead should be entered as Clio as a lead. And then you change the status to closed or lost or client or, you know, that way you're actually tracking how many leads come in and any other information about, you know, the lead came in. Right. Why did they not make it? We weren't able to, you know, sign them or we couldn't help them. And then at the end of the year, you'd be able to look and see, you know, either where you're your downs rates. Are, yeah, right. right. And that's what, right. and that's probably what I'm going to do now. I was using Lexicata for that. Sure. But I think I might move it over to Clio, so I'm using really just one thing. But what I like about it is that, and I talked to you about this, is at the end of the year, I look to see who has referred me cases. Right. Um, and when I decide if I'm going to do gifts or anything at the end of the year, you know, this person sent me three, four cases, you know? And so last year I did Echo Dots. Um, they were on sale, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And I sent everybody an Echo Dot who had referred me cases. And then I sent them a nice letter with my top 15 uses for my That's dot. That's a great idea. Um, and that was a huge hit. So I'm already preparing now to try to figure out who do I want to send something to and what Apple am I going to send them. Apple Watches is here. You stepped it up a notch? Uh, no, no, we're not. <laughs> Business that good? Listen, if someone <laughs> sends me that many cases, then yes, we'll move to an Apple Watch. Okay, and then the last thing that we've talked about, but we didn't actually, we talked about it well, earlier. Yeah, I, I do want to touch on that because we are clear. I don't think it's fair to mention this. The custom fields is a great idea. Like Liz is using, uh, would you say, Alexicata to track that. I'm using Active Campaign. That might be too complicated. Like Clio yeah. actually, I think, could make it really easy. They have custom fields and you could say, you know, where did this person come from referral? Right. Who referred them? And then the date they were referred. And then it would be really easy to just export that. Right. And sort it by the date they were referred. And you'd have a list. Yeah. And that's what I think people. I'm going to do. I went to the Clio lab yesterday and talked to him about how to try to set that up. And that, yeah. Um, that would be really easy. You'd have like super lead, easy. and then they go to pending while you're doing a conflict check if they've moved on, and then it becomes open and then closed. Right. And um, you can sort it by right. yep. how you, know, you can see how things. many people yeah. have referred you. Right. Yeah, and that's a good precursor to before you jump into a Lexicata or yes. a, a more complicated CRM system. Uh, so the calendar of events is fun. That's something my assistant does. And when I said it takes her an hour and a half, I think that's what takes up a lot oh, of time. Right. Yeah, so she will go through, and by this point, I think we have five or six different sources that she'll check once a month, and just find different things that are going a on. A festival, a Saints game. Yeah, You'll Pelicans put, games. Right. Uh, it's pretty cool. It helps Business me. resources. Like, oh, 
You guys actually, have so much that's going on in New Orleans. I can't imagine how big it is. Orlando, <laughs> you know? I mean, what is Orlando? We don't have a festival people? every weekend uh, like okay. I seem or two or three like of Right. Fried Chicken Fest, whatever's <laughs> going on. Fest. Right. Uh, so that calendar of events is always fun, and it's always fun. We talked about tracking clicks. Uh -huh. That always gets like at least 10 clicks. That's amazing. Uh, so it's really cool to see, and I can see who's doing it too. Right. Uh, so it's kind of a fun thing when I, you know, look at that, and then I'll call someone up that week and be like, oh, hey, you know, did you see this? Uh, it's a little weird, big brothery it to is a certain a extent. <laughs> well, uh, if, you, if people haven't figured out that anything they click on, look at, search for, or you know, visit on anything that's connected to the internet is being tracked, then you guys need to wake up. <laughs> I think the other cool thing too is about tracking that is that my assistant sees all that, and I think that kind of is a sense of ownership or pride, reward. Sure. Yeah, pride. You know, she's able to see like, oh wow, we got ten clicks in this yeah. ownership percentage. Whereas if it's a a paper newsletter, you know, there's no feedback whatsoever on that. Right, right. Uh, so she's getting that immediate feedback and that sort of thing. And like I said, this whole process is on my end, 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and it goes out, just boom. That's awesome. How many people, plus or minus, do you have on that mailing list or names and addresses? It's close to about 500, I think. That's great. We have done a good job of, so we, we have automated the process of when somebody becomes a client, it's in the engagement letter, uh -huh. and no one ever says, no, don't add me to that, or modify your engagement letter. So we made a part That's of our fine. engagement letter that you agree to sign up for this, uh, and then we add them automatically. And then we have other people that get it added in because they downloaded a report, or they downloaded some class, or they did something else. Um, so we're not just, I think the important part, and one reason our open rate is so high, is I'm not just getting business cards and dumping people in there. Someone has to take an action to sure. get themselves in there. Uh, and so a, a lot of times you get a newsletter, and what happens there is that I get newsletters from people who I didn't give that permission to. Yes. And sometimes I'll mark those as spam. Yeah, I kind of you know? do too. Yeah. I sorry. do. Yeah, I get so, so many emails. Sorry, I'm really mad. Sorry, but not sorry. Like, that's the, actually the definition of spam is an unsolicited marketing email. Yeah. You know, especially if I don't know you. It's a little bit more awkward when I get, like, Liz's newsletter, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Or oh, somebody Lord. in the local community who I've met networking a few times. Right. And it's a little, you know, when it's someone from like across the country, I'm like, ah, whatever, you're definitely spam. But uh, those, all those spam marks, when everyone does that, is that the mail servers start to recognize that. So yeah. if Liz and I are both on Google and I mark something as spam in Liz's mailbox, it'll be marked as spam too. And that just hurts your open rate and mm -hmm. people might not even see it, much less right. decide not to open it. Right. Well, I have a couple more questions I want to ask you about the newsletter, but before I do that, I just want to take a minute and uh, take a quick break to hear a message from a couple of our sponsors. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Imagine how much faster you could work if you spent less time proofreading. Almost every lawyer wastes hours each week proofreading rather than producing legal work. With Perfect It's American Legal Style, you spend less time proofreading and have more time to focus on substantive matters. It's easy to use and there's no training required. Try Perfect It for free from intelligentediting.com and start saving time on proofreading today. And we're back. Welcome to New Solo. 
This is Adriana Linares. I'm talking to Andrew Legrand and Liz McCausen about Andrew's magnificent marketing machine. <laughs> and when we left off, we were just talking about the really cool things that Andrew's doing with the newsletter, which is not boring, it's not legal, and you must have a mix. So this was the next couple of questions I was going to ask you. Lawyers, business people, individuals, do you know what your demographics are like for that newsletter? Uh, I haven't broken them down, but there's definitely friends in the legal community like you two. Sure. You know, Liz just said, hey, I want to join, and Adriana, you're like, oh, I'm already on it, I get that. That's why we're having this podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, and then there's local lawyers in the community, and then it's a lot of clients. Sure. Uh, a lot of people who have used me, and I haven't talked to them, and you know, they're business owners, and we help them set up their LLC, and we haven't talked to them in two or three years. And everybody's years. a potential referral or client for you. You know, being then, so it's really. It's a great way, I think, to keep your name in front of them in a very unintrusive way. Um, it's kind of the old time congratulations notes yeah. or you know, whatever you used to send out to try to keep people thinking about you, and you do it now in 10 or 15 minutes, you said. Yeah. Yeah, 10 or 15, and I think once a month is key too. I don't know about y'all, but I get some newsletters once a week and that gets to be a lot. Sure, yeah. too much. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's also like, I just can't read this. Mm -hmm. And to, I guess my credit and the, my staff's credit, I, I do get a lot of people saying, hey, I read your newsletter once a month. That, and, oh, they know it comes once a month. You know, it's just a couple, it's a couple sentences on tips and what's right. going on in the calendar of events, and I think people find that helpful. No, I love that you mix business with pleasure and personal, and I think it's it's really good. So um, we said earlier where people can go to sign up for the newsletter, and we'll pick it up again at the end. I wanted to ask you, though, so a couple of other things that you're doing beyond the newsletter. Um, you're very active on social media, so tell us a little bit about your, your various social media channels and how you use them, what's going on? Social media, I don't find personally as a great uh, resource for clients directly. I think it's more about staying in touch and connecting. You now, when you're active at conferences like this, Twitter is a great resource just because you yep. see what's going on and you stay top of mind with people. I've actually met a few people here that I've never met before in real life and it's like, oh, hey, I know you from Twitter. Uh, I'm seeing that. more and more LinkedIn to be a pretty good source of information. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of people have like Facebook fatigue especially after the elections of 2016, where it was just like oh, yeah. hyper politicized, no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, a lot of people were just kind of over that. Whereas LinkedIn has kind of somehow avoided that. Thankfully remains somehow absent from much of that, sure. Yeah, I guess like most professionals, right? You try to keep that out of professional yeah, discussions. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, so I'm seeing more and more traction on LinkedIn. We're sharing articles there and getting things, oh, same, same kind of thing. Yeah, I share a good bit of stuff on there. And again, that's my assistant just finding good content from the local newspaper, what's going on in business, sharing our blog posts, that sort of thing. And you know, you get likes and clicks and, and yep. profile views and that sort of thing. So let me ask you this, Andrew, and I don't know if you, you feel like you can answer it, but um, there may be listeners who really don't have either a, an assistant who is tech savvy or an assistant, who, you know, maybe not have an assistant. Uh, is that something that you think can be outsourced to other people? There are companies out there who outsource that. I haven't used any of them, so I don't really can't speak for how good they are, but there are companies out there who claim to be able to do it for a couple hundred bucks a month. But honestly, I think one recommend, I found my current assistant because I was looking for a recent college grad who had a background in marketing. And because she had a background in marketing, she's really good at that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, the other stuff that I asked her to do as a legal assistant is pretty straightforward. It's folding envelopes. It's formatting things in Word. It's like a lot of the traditional things that we might ask a legal assistant to do, I think are really any young person coming out of college. Can do. Can do. They're mm -hmm. pretty good at that. It's not very complicated. Whereas 
her being a marketing specialist really helps because she can do that sort of stuff and she enjoys doing that kind of stuff. So it's kind of thinking outside the box from your traditional legal assistant into marketing because that's a big part of our business now. Yeah, so it's, I was really like, let me find a marketing assistant and it'll be easy for her to do the clean up around the office, order more paper, change the ink, do all those small things that traditionally were a legal assistant, whereas now it's, and I made that clear to her when I hired her, hey, you're a marketing assistant, you're going to do this, I'm also going to give you more hours by asking you to do administrative tasks. And I think a lot of that, of course, is just testimony to how much you've automated your practice and you've tipped the scale on what the need is for a legal assistant versus a more versatile assistant that could also do your marketing and what other tasks. That's, that's great. Well, and the other thing that helps too is you know, being digital and paperless, you can go and use, you don't have to use your legal assistant to be a paralegal too. She's not a paralegal. I'm not asking her to do 10 million different things. I'm not asking her to do to an associate. And I think in a lot of law firms, especially older law firms, that legal assistant has been taking on jobs that they aren't qualified to right. do. Well, right. I see that every single time I walk into a law firm. Right, but now it's easy to find Sometimes a virtual the paralegal. IT person. And don't you find that many times they don't know the IT part? Well, they don't no, know. not many times, almost all the time. <laughs> I got well, a lawyer who nice. says to me, I don't know anything about that, but my assistant is really good with that server. <laughs> So I think that's great that you, you know, you found that sort of versatility in an assistant. Um, let's take another quick break and just get a couple more messages from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Are you a family law, immigration or estate planning attorney looking to attract new leads and retain more clients? Join hundreds of other solos and small firms just like you who use unbundled attorney to receive premium exclusive leads delivered directly into their inbox in real time. To learn more about how their lead generation services can grow your practice, subscribe to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast or visit unbundledattorney.com today. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's NEWSOLO10. And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. So great, we're back with Andrew Legrand and Liz McCausland talking about marketing, specifically what a good job Andrew does. I think he does. Maybe you don't pat yourself on your own back, but I do, Andrew. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned your blog. And yep. of course, there's always the question of, do I blog? Do I not blog? I don't have time to blog. Do you find that your blog, which sounds like it's pretty active. So my first question is, do you find that it's a good source of just either traffic information and keeping top of mind? And then do all of your articles, whether you post them on LinkedIn or they're in your newsletter, point back into the blog or you send them to your website or it kind of depends on... We're reusing content in a lot of different ways. So if we have a blog post, it'll be obviously be a social media post and we'll We'll recycle those after a while and get those out there. Uh, or things like for the client success spotlight is kind of mentioned in the newsletter, but it's also a blog post and it's there and it goes out on social media. Um, I also do a lot of uh, tech tips. Uh, oh yeah, you yeah. had a good tech tip. Gosh, what was it last month? Um, well, I had this big kind of 
data bank of tech tips that I had given out in the past and I hadn't used them for anything else. So we turned that into blog posts. We turned that into, it was, I think it was own monthly newsletter for a while. And you know, I'm not exactly trying to be, uh, I don't want a new tech tip every month. So I think we went like almost a year with once a month tech tips. And then it kind of just stopped just cause, but it was, the content was already there. So it was finding ways to reuse content that we already had, I think that was, it gave my assistant something to do and I was just, it, I was totally hands off on that. Huh, that's great. So I just gave her the, the data bank and said, hey, go use this and get that out there. Uh, and so that was kind of fun to see that come out and she's like, what do we do? We're out of tech tips. I was like, eh, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> that's great. And then tell us, is the blog a good source of? So the blog, I definitely populated with a lot tips. more content with when I was a younger attorney and I had more time to devote to it. And so I've used the blog in a few different ways. First of all, you're getting a lot of FAQs, a lot of questions, you know, bankruptcy, forming a business. People are always Googling for that information. So if you can write a, a three to four, $500 blog post, mm -hmm. it helps a lot of people. Um, three to 400 word. Is yeah, that what, what word? You said dollar. I think you said dollar. dollar. Said three <laughs> to 400 word, yeah. Okay. No, that, that'd be a like lot of, that's a lot of money for a blog post. No, which is all the time. And so I think that helps is like those frequently asked questions that you get. It also helps if you get emails from friends that want kind of free, quote, oh, sure. free advice. Do you get those? Not oh, so much anymore, but <laughs> when I did get a lot of those, that's a blog post. I had some yeah. for him over the past couple of years for sure. I get right. yeah. all the time. You know, well, that's but a good example is rather than responding back to them in an email, write a blog post for them that obviously doesn't mention their name and right, ma right. maintain privacy. but. Hey, and then you respond back to them with a link and say, hey, thank you for that question. I turned it into a blog post. So that's that's kind of the reuse of content. If you're going to write a three or four paragraph email, why not just respond to them right away? Right. That's a great idea. Um, I also try to focus on, on my blog specific things. So right now on our blog, we're focusing on a few different things. Uh, partnership agreements is a specialty I'm trying to do. So I have my assistant writing topics on that. Louisiana recently legalized medical marijuana. Uh, I see it as a new industry coming out of the industry, state. Yeah. So we're putting out topics and content on that. Mm -hmm. The city also started regulating Airbnb short-term rentals. And I put out a lot of content on that. I've actually gotten some business from people who own properties and want ah. to turn them into short-term rentals. So I feel like the blog posts on frequently asked questions, questions you get from friends, or kind of very specific issues you're trying to grow. Uh, or news articles, too. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever you read something in the local media that, oh, this happened, kind of explain it to people. Sometimes a lawyer does a better job than the news media explaining right. it to people. So I'll see in the local media that a business partnership just got in a fight, right? Two people, they own a business, they're in a dispute. The news really doesn't talk about how that could have been prevented or, or what stopped that. So I'll go and get the facts from the news article and just give a legal spin on that. And I think any lawyer can really do that is reading the newspaper and seeing what issues where they can read the news article, hey, what am, what am I seeing between the lines and sharing that? And those, that's actually gotten the most likes, the most views, the that's most really comments. Is just using a journalist to get the facts for you. Right, and I was gonna say, you know, we're here at Clio and every year Clio opens with their CEO doing a opening keynote. And in Jack's opening keynote, he stated what the data is for how people find their attorney. And, you know, first it's through a, a family or friend referral. Uh -huh. um, then it's, you know, through another attorney referring. And then it was through looking on the Internet. And you and know how they get that information? From those custom fields or from the referral field in the Clio profile. Right. Which and you should all be using if you're Clio users. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Working on it. Working on it. But when you have content like that, and if I'm somebody, when I don't have a question, you know me, I 
go to the World Wide Web yep. and I ask my sure. question. And, you know, if somebody local were to answer a question like that, I'm going to go to you. Yeah, I've gotten some business, not not a whole lot, but definitely like counsel from other states calling me that mm-hmm. are, it's kind of like both, right? It's they're finding me online because of the content and then they're referring their client to me to solve the issue. Because you're local, uh, yeah. Because we're local and they can't handle it. Right. Um, so it's it's really hard to say, hey, you're doing this, con- that content is almost both streams. You're staying top of mind on your referral sources. Uh, you're putting content out there because you get ranked higher, all those sorts of things. So I really don't do it with one goal or the other in mind. Some things we do, but for the most part, content is, it's going to generate both. That's awesome. It is awesome. The next thing I wanted to ask you about is your, not friend 100. Team 100. Team 100. Okay, team 100. so this is a cool concept you've got or yeah. so somewhere from it came. So the idea is that as lawyers, we're resources for our clients, and our clients resource. are always looking for something, right? A lot of times, it's pretty easy. I'm always getting requests for an accountant and an insurance agent as a business lawyer. Liz, I'm sure you're doing bankruptcy. What's your, you're getting re- requests for something, uh, real right? Real estate agent, you know, for short sales and accountants. Yeah. Yeah. So you have those referrals built in, but there's also other things that maybe not related. So what I've tried to do is build a team 100. A lot of my clients are on that list. Um, oh, sure. Basically, as a resource for when somebody comes to me and says, hey, this thing happened, I need so-and-so. You know, what do you have anyone that you can refer me to? I always want to say yes, right? I always want to have somebody that I've talked to, that I've vetted, that sort of thing. And that works really well. That's kind of a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so that person who's going to real estate short sale, they might also need a mover, right? They might also need a cleaning uh, lady, a cleaning lady sure. to come in right. and clean their place up. Maybe a lawn person. An uh, estimator, you, an appraiser. I mean, holy yeah. moly. When somebody says, hey, I'm getting married, it's, oh, I've got a florist. I've got a bus company. I've got a wedding planner. I've I got, got a second line planner. Yeah. So, oh, I don't have that. Can that be you? We you also have, wait, we oh, also have wait, a hold second on. There line might be a whole new business for me here. advanced team. Goodbye, Legal Talk Network. Hello, planning second lines in yes. New Orleans. Yes, remember we talked about this. The advanced team goes ahead. That's right. It's at, part of our concept. To the bar concept. that you're going to stop at in your second line, and we pre-order your drinks yeah. for you. So when you arrive... You have everything ready. You can, and we are excellent. Do as you we test those drinks too, just uh, to make sure that well, they're well. Naturally, you know, we QA. don't want to disappoint yeah. disappoint our clients. What Quality if they're control? weak? But you know, the other thing we became over the weekend was uh, second line chasers, kind of like storm chasers, except yes. searching for and looking for second lines in the French Quarter. And for you listeners who are not familiar with what a second line is in New Orleans, you should Google it because it is one of the funnest, coolest <laughs> things you could ever. You know, there be actually a part hasn't of. been a second line here. Clio. I know. I think it's too big. They had they a second out? line that marched in the Clio. That a brass people. band that marched in. Yeah. I don't know if that yeah. was really a but second you know line. What, you know what? That's, uh, that's what they were. Yeah. Yeah. So You're listen, right. had right. we been there, I think we were a couple minutes late. Me and Liz and Barbara and Kim would have been right behind that brass oh, band waving wow. our napkins. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyway, tell us about. Um, so yeah, the Team 100. So we built 100, it. That's it. Uh, and then, you know, we got about 30 to 40 spots filled up just based on people we're already connected with people that are typical referral sources, people that refer us work. And so then what we did was we sent out a form to the people, the 30 to 40 people on that list and said, hey, we're looking for people in these industries, these sectors. Uh, And from that, we got about 40 different responses of people saying, oh, I recommend this person, I recommend this person, I recommend this person. So now I'm going to those people. And I just actually this week mailed those people a letter saying, hey, Adriana, Liz recommended you for the Team 100 uh, in this position. Do you have your favorite technology consultant on there? 
Uh, I don't think so. I feel I don't like think you we should. Do. Yeah, probably. Do you keep that list public, like on your website, where you can just point people to it, or you, it's all sort of when somebody calls and asks you for something? Right now, it's internal. I think what we want to do is we have it uh, stored in Active Campaign, so it's in a. Basically, I, I am I'm building it with the idea that it, it should be public and it needs to be public. So we're, we put it in Active Campaign, which is our, our contact management sure. CRM, that sort of thing. And when we get around to hiring a developer to put that on their website, they can basically pull that data out of the CRM and just put it up on the website. So that's great. Um, quick question for you, because you've mentioned Active Campaign, and I am sure that a lot of listeners will have used or use or are familiar with Mailchimp or Constant Contact. And I know that you're a guy that goes out there and kicks the tires and figures out, you know, what's, what's going on. What's yeah. the best? The best. What is it about Active Campaign as opposed to the others that, that took you over there? And So I, I did pick it a couple of years ago, and I know Lexi Cott is here, and I'll give them a shout-out because I do hear a lot of attorneys. We love them. Yeah, a lot From of attorneys a talk a yeah. lot of bit, a lot of great things about them. And, and But two years ago, they really weren't as powerful as I wanted. Um, so They what, were brand new, so They it's were fair. pretty it's new. Fair. Yeah, it's fair. And now they seem to have developed something else. But there's really two things you're looking at. In a CRM, there's contact relationship management right. there's really kind of two things you're looking for one does it allow me to do things like newsletters sure will allow Filter. people to join different lists and you might have different lists right i have my my newsletter list i also have a list for people who are interested in i mentioned the partnership agreements or short-term rentals and medical marijuana those are all different lists and so i can send specific things to those people and hit them with that so does it mention lists where i can do newsletters does it do drip campaigns can I send someone, when somebody signs up, can I send them a series of emails over a series of days? A predefined set of emails. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Spare a Law the first week. Right. Um, and then, the, so automated, so a drip campaign is an, a series of automated emails that go out based on time or some other parameter that you set up. Right. And so, and they go from everything. They could be somebody contacts us, but they don't hire us. So we want to hit them with a drip campaign every day and, and share information with them and basically display our expertise. Say, hey, look, you haven't hired us yet, but here's all these resources we have available to you that are free. Brilliant. Uh, is anyone else doing this? You know, right. maybe not. Um, so that's a drip campaign. And then there's also uh, something that I think Lexicata does well is basically tracking your leads and what mm -hmm. stage of the pipeline are they in. Right. Uh, so, you know, somebody makes a phone call, but they don't respond or they don't follow up. Uh, okay, we've talked to them, they've done the initial consult, we sent them an engagement letter, but they haven't signed up there. Um, so that's more of like a deal pipeline function. So there's a lot of different softwares out there that do one or the other. MailChimp is good at newsletters and drip campaigns. It doesn't really have that deal tracking aspect of sure. it. Uh, and ActiveCampaign is, is kind of built for automation, which as you two know, is like... You're the king yeah, of innovation, baby. Right. Yeah, you are the man. If it doesn't automate, I'm like, no. <laughs> um, so it was just a piece of software that's... By Felicia to your software Super reasonably priced, uh, has a great API, integrates with everything. Um, it's definitely... What, what's cool about it, it's not built for lawyers. Uh -huh. It's built just to do email marketing and deals. And... Do you remember the monthly on that, just so our listeners kind of have a clue? I want to say I pay annually for it, just because okay. at this point I'm so tied into that, I'm yeah. not backing in. I think it's like $700 a year. Okay, okay, um, reasonable. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, can you think of any other brilliant marketing tips or suggestions that you can give to our listeners? And while you're thinking about answering that question, Liz, I want you to think about any other questions we can ask Andrew real quick before we let him go. Um, well, how long have you been practicing, Andrew? Uh, it'll be six years in October. Has the source of your business changed? I don't know if the source has changed, but it's definitely, I've definitely done a better job of figuring out where those sources come from. So for me in a business practice online, I've realized that I don't get 
too many high quality leads online. So as a result of that, we started charging initial consultations for people who contact us online. If it's a cold call, you know, you might just have an idea. I can't talk to everyone who just has an idea about starting a business. Uh, so we put up this initial consultation as kind of a qualifier for them. To weed out the tire kickers and right. people who kind of just to want free up, advice. Exactly. Uh, and then I also see the referral network is just being better qualified clients. So we have different marketing campaigns that are going after them. The Team 100 is more of a referral generation source. Mm -hmm. It's hard to really track. Are they coming from different places? You know, I, I think Honestly, it's hard to say. We got one in the past month that came from online that's going to be one of the bigger clients we've signed this year. Awesome. So I don't think there's like a, you can't concentrate on one or the other. But the thing is, if they came, if they found your website, but then were able to refer to your blog, look at all the other, you know, all those things that you work on are sources of trust that someone starts to use as a building block in deciding whether or not to hire you. So yeah, they came, maybe they came through online, but it was because you have all this other good information on there, including a newsletter, whether they sign up for it or not. And I think as a business owner, I am more attracted to a lawyer who obviously knows how to run his business and sure. to market and puts his effort into so many different high quality aspects that I'm going to be drawn to someone like Andrew when I'm looking for an attorney because he's going to- a business lawyer, right? Exactly. And so- you know, you're going to understand my mindset. And so I think that really works for what you do. Well, it's just been, you know, really cool, Andrew. I think you and I have been friends, I think, well, not long after Katrina, I think. Uh, 2011 or 2012, yeah. I think, when I first met and Ernie. And it's just been or... so cool watching you develop such a, a really smart law firm. I mean, you're really a model for a lot of lawyers, young and older, about how you can automate. You've been at this conference for two days. I don't think I've seen you check your phone. You're not stressed out about anything. You're not like a lot of uh, us who are going, well, I gotta sit down in front of a computer for an hour. Yep. You know, you've got it figured out. It's impressive. So Thank I you. really appreciate you taking time. I do, and I know that our listeners do, um, sharing all your knowledge, because it's impressive. So. It is. I'm impressed. And I've, I've practiced a little longer than you. Just and a couple years, Lizzie. I, I, I want to be Andrew. Like, I... You can be. Yeah, well. I hope to be. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just leave well, it right. We'll pin that right there. Um, Andrew, tell everyone on uh, the podcast who's listening how they might be able to learn more about you, sign up for your newsletter, follow you, um, send you a question, not that you have time to answer every single question, but you know, again, if it's a good one, he'll make a blog post out of it. Yeah, I think the best way is uh, Twitter is always a good one, at Law by Legrand. I'm kind of active on there, usually criticizing the Saints or the Sewage and Water Board here in New Orleans or whatever crazy <laughs> politics we have going on in New Orleans. Uh, LinkedIn's also a good resource, Andrew Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D. Uh, or just kind of look around, you know. And if you your website name, for the newsletter sign up? Uh, NolaSmallBizLaw.com, N-O-L-A, small B-I-Z Law.com. And there's a little sign up for our top five business killing mistakes, and that'll drop you into the newsletter online. Excellent. Thank you so much. Liz, remind everybody how they can find, friend, or follow you on the Internet. Probably Twitter is the best place, at um, Liz McCausland, L-I-Z-M-C-C-A-U-S-L-A-N-D. Awesome. And, uh, well, this has been great, and unfortunately, we've run out of time, and I want to, of course, thank Cleo for bringing us all together to our, I think this is all of our favorite city. Andrew, you were born and raised here. Your family goes way back. Your uncle... Where did you meet my grandma? I was just, I was just about Gras, to tell the story. Was, uh... I was just about to tell the story. So we were at Mardi Gras, or as Andrew calls it, Mardi Gras, <laughs> and his grandmother was sitting, watching a parade go by, and she said, 
that's my son, right? In your grandfather's spot with is your uncle then? Right, and he was he was on a float. Okay. So he was on a float going right. by with a mask and that's she's right. in her wheelchair and so it's she's like she's in her wheelchair. She has on a Sunday morning. Was <laughs> <laughs> the Toth parade and we walk down with Andrew to where his family sits year after year after year. And his grandmother, he introduced us to his grandmother, and she says, that's my son coming by. He's in my in my husband's spot. So their family goes back celebrating Mardi Gras, and I imagine it would have been your grandfather's spot before that. Yep. And they have a spot on a float, and she was so proud. And I remember asking her, how many Mardi Gras have you been to? And she said, my daddy brought me to my first Mardi Gras when I was six months old, and I've never missed one since. Oh, that's and she awesome. Was, that was she just turned 90 this spring. Oh so that's, Isn't that awesome? It's a amazing? lot of Mardi Gras. <laughs> that's a lot of Mardi Gras. And so what I was going to say to you is this is my favorite city. I think it's Liz's favorite city. But you were born and raised here, and you've been here. I have a feeling this is your favorite city, too. Yeah, it's it's hard to turn away, you know. It's hard it's to turn away. Especially so when it's Mardi Gras. I really want to thank Cleo for bringing us all together. Of course, bringing the Legal Talk Network and making it possible for us to record here. So I want to remind you that if you have liked what you've heard and want to learn more, make sure you visit the page for New Solo at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Of course, we always appreciate a nice rating on Apple and um, for podcasts and iTunes. If you would just take a time to, to do that and leave a nice note, that really helps us with our ratings. And um, I'm trying to beat out the Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile podcast with ratings. Help it and make it happen, ladies. And um, just want to say thank you so much for listening. And remember, you're not alone. You're new solo. See you at the next time. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.